Well, it is uh, Mother's Day this morning, and uh, we're, we're continuing on a series this week uh, where, that we dropped off probably, it, was, wasn't, it was about a month ago since we've last been there. It's, it's um, on the Ecclesia, on the church, and if you remember, each one of them started with an M. There was the making, the mission, um, the message, and today we're actually looking at uh, multiplication. Uh, so, so church is to be uh, a multiplying uh, body. I thought that was, that was appropriate on Mother's Day as well. Talking about mothers, do you know how uh, on your internet feed sometimes uh, seasonal stuff comes up? I had this little Mother's Day thing come up and it was um, mothers, uh, life through the, the eyes of mothers, but they weren't human mothers, they were animal mothers. And I want to show you a couple of, of them. So this first one we've got here, um, this is, will it ever end? <laughs> there we go. Got another one. This is harder than I thought. You see that little, I think it must be, I don't know, is it a possum or something? Um, I, that's so life, isn't it? You kind of get used to climbing around life and, and the trees of life um, by yourself, and then, and then you have uh, these little ones, you're like, oh, how am I going to do this now? Everything changes. Uh, airports changed massively once we had kids. Um, yeah, they're being quiet now, um, but are we doing the right thing? You can see the two parents up there kind of looking down. This kind of feels a bit like, to me, uh, like when, when your kids are watching TV, and they're all engrossed, and they're, they're all quiet, and it's wonderful, but you kind of just wonder... Are we doing the right thing here? Or, or Maccas. When we take them to Maccas, they're all quiet too. Um, but are we doing the right thing? Next one. Yeah, get me out of here. <laughs> Sometimes it could feel a bit like that. I'm done. <laughs> I love being a mum. I was thinking about being a parent, being a, a mother... And life changes enormously once you have kids. Um, it gets a lot harder. It gets a, a lot more expensive. Uh, it gets, uh, life gets a lot messier. Life gets a lot less predictable. Um, just, there are so many things that change when, when you have kids. Uh, so Good things, of course, but, but so many things that just make life a lot harder. Uh, I, I was reading something the other day, and, and they were saying, it was, it was from the UK, and they were saying that they, they think kids in, in kind of growing up in a city cost about £250,000, um, so uh, over their lifetime, that's a, that's a, that's a lot of money, and, uh, and yet we keep having them. Um, the human race doesn't seem to stop, it, it just keeps, keeps multiplying, and it's a strange thing, isn't it? Um, well, it's not strange, but it's... It's strange that something that can be so difficult, um, that, that really changes your life quite a bit, that that, that keeps happening. And there's this kind of internal... Um, there's, there's something in creation in which there's, there's just something there that, that keeps, keeps um, moving us towards um, reproducing, in a sense. So I, um, there's a couple of things that I want to do today. I want to look at uh, the, the theme of multiplication 
in the church. That's, that's where we're going to land. But what I want to start with is, first of all, looking at this theme that is right across Scripture. It's a theme that runs right from the beginning to the end. Uh, then we're going to, to dive in and we're going to have a look in Acts to one of the very first churches, the church in Antioch, as an example of, of a church that was multiplying. And then we're going to finish off by looking at, at uh, our body that meets here and, uh, and, and what multiplication has to do with us. So on this next, there we go, it's already up there, wonderful. Um, we've got uh, this theme of multiplication that runs right throughout Scripture. First of all, in the very first pages, uh, we've got in chapter 1, God creates uh, the first humans and he blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So here, here God, God creates humanity and, and one of the first things that he does is he blesses them and he says, be fruitful and multiply. There's a sense that we've done pretty well at that. Um, there's, there's a lot of billions of us. Um, so we've, 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 we've done that in a sense. We have this repeated for us. Uh, this second guy is, uh, is representing Noah here. And as we know, the... Uh, the world, uh, humanity turned away from God, and when God looked out, it, there, was, there was evil everywhere. And he decided that he was going to, to restart through families, um, through, through Noah's family. And Noah and his family were saved on the ark, and when the waters receded, he said to them this, Then God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. Again, we, we have this coming through. We have it, first of all, when God first creates humanity. We have it when there's, a, when there's a start over. Next one here. We have not God just um, instructing all of humanity, but God, uh, humanity goes astray again, and God decides what he's going to do is he's going to pick a specific family, and he's going to bless them, so that they would be a blessing. And this, is, this is Abraham here in the middle. Then God said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's house to the land that I'll show you. He says, I will make you a great nation. That's, that's being fruitful and multiplying. Okay, that's, that's multiplication there. And I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. You see, God's, God's purposes throughout history is always to, to bless so that those who we bless will be a blessing. We then see that carried through. We're going to move right over to... Oh, there we go. To Galatians. And here in Galatians, Paul is speaking about this... Um, this movement through Scripture of God calling people to bless them to be a blessing. And he, he actually picks up specifically on this, the promises that were made to Abraham. There were, there were many promises made to Abraham and his descendants as well. And what he says, he says that this of those who follow Jesus now, he says, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, 
nor is there male or female, for you all are one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Jesus, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promises. So what we see here is we see this this track of of commandment, this track of of, of blessing in a sense, that, uh, that those who follow Jesus have actually been grafted into that we've been, all those, all those blessings and all those promises that were promised uh, now become ours as well. And Jesus, he comes into the scene. And this is what, what Jesus, actually, I'm going to go one more. I think I've got it. There we go. Um, before we get there, I just want to, He's not up here, but there's another guy called Jacob. And uh, Jacob is, uh, has his name changed to Israel, God's, God's people, God's chosen people. And it says, it says here, God appeared to him and blessed him. And God said to him, your name is Jacob, but you will no longer be called Jacob, for your name will be Israel. So he named him Israel. And God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and increase in number. A nation and a community of nations will come from you and kings will be amongst your descendants. So here we go. Again, we have God continually blessing, saying, be fruitful, be multiplied. You are blessed to be a blessing. And then we come to Jesus. And Jesus, as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he comes as the, as the ultimate king. And he says, he, he gives a, a commandment to his disciples. We've, we've got these, these commands that, that move all through Scripture and we get to Jesus and he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. This is, this is the, the fruitful, be fruitful church and multiply. Go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you to the very end of the age. So here we have again, this, um, this theme of multiplication. Go make disciples of all nations. Uh, I love there what, what, what Jesus says. He says, um, I will be with you until the very end of the age. Jesus is connecting, he's connected into this great story. He's the king that has been waited for. He is, um, he's the fulfillment of all these promises. He he then commissions his church and then he looks forward and he says, I will be with you to the end of the age. And as he's with us, he says, I will build my church. This multiplication for the church is absolutely guaranteed because the one at the head of the church has said, I'm going to build it. until the very end of the age. I want to read about the end of this age. This is from Revelations. After, after this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne, before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and they were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, to the Lamb. 
a great number that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language. What we have here is we have Jesus giving a command to the church to go and make disciples and he says, I'll be with you to the very end of the age and he looks to that end of the age and what is the end of the age? There is a huge number of people from every tribe and people and nation. This is, this is God, this is Jesus saying, um, I will accomplish what I have commissioned you to do. It's interesting, isn't it? When he says that, um, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That is, that is so true. Right throughout history, the um, pressure has come across the ch- upon the church. We're going to look very soon at the Antioch church that really sprung up after persecution. The, uh, the Jewish leaders at the time in Jerusalem tried to squash the church and what happens when you squash God's church? God's, Jesus says, I will build my church. And what happens is there's squashing and then there's a rebound and there's growth. And we, we see this time and time again throughout history. Uh, the Romans come along and they're saying, we're going to eradicate Christianity. They squash it and then there's this, this rebounding and this, uh, this, this, this great multiplication that happens. Saw this in China. China said, no more. We're getting rid of all the missionaries, all these people that bring the good news, and they tried to squash Christianity, and what did it do? It expanded. We see that uh, at the turn of the century, there was, I can't remember his name now, some, some big scientist, anyway, he said basically that by the end of the century, there will be no more Christianity. There won't be any, any need for it. There's this squashing, and what happens? We look around the world, we look at especially developing nations, and it is just exploding. Estimated that from that, that 120 people in that upper room in those very first days when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon God's people, that now there's, there's, there's up to a third of, of the world's population that confess Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, that would call themselves Christians. That's an extraordinary multiplication. And uh, where, where those third are in, in, in their journey, um, not quite sure, but that, there's, there's huge numbers that are professing Christ. And it's because Jesus said, I will build my church. The question I have, um, and it's on this next slide here, I wonder whether what we're, what we're seeing here, what we saw in that pattern through Scripture, whether we're looking at commands or a blessing. When, when God's, if you remember right from with Adam and Eve, he said he blessed them and he said be fruitful and multiply. With Abraham, he blessed him and he said be fruitful and multiply. With uh, Jacob, he blessed him. We've got these blessings that, uh, that come with this command of being fruitful and multiplying. Now, I think, I think what this is, is God basically saying, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to populate this earth. And he invites us to join him. And, and when, we, when, we, when, when humanity joins God in what he's doing, there's blessing. Jesus says, I am going to build my church. And, and there's like a, like a river of blessing that, that comes for those who join him in his mission. You see, when, when, when God blesses something, there's his, his favour is there. His promises are being fulfilled in the, in the midst of what he has commanded us to do. We see his power manifested and we see his presence. And when I, when I see these, 
when I see these commandments that are given to God's people, to be obedient to that is to, is to step into the river of blessing that God has for us. It's, it's where his, his presence is manifested, where his power is manifested, where his promises are fulfilled and where his favour is poured out upon his people. It's the reason why we as a church here have chosen our mission as making disciples who make disciples. Basically, that's a, that's a summary of the Great Commission because, because there's a, we, we, we've seen what Jesus has said. He says, I will build my church and he's doing that. And uh, we're saying, we, we want to join him. We want to be in that river of blessing, where blessing is, where, where God is building his church. And we'll go to the, the map now. Uh, there we go. I'm going to dive into uh, the book of Acts. And uh, this church is, is just being established at this stage. Uh, Jesus has, has returned to the Father and the Holy Spirit has been poured out. And there is a, is a significant movement taking place in Jerusalem. And what's happening in Jerusalem is the religious leaders at the time that were against Jesus also come against his followers. They thought that by killing Jesus that they would snuff him out and it would be the end of this radical movement. And uh, un- unfortunately for them, but fortunately for the world and for us, he raised, he's ri- raised to life and starts a new movement that cannot be snuffed out. And uh, his, his disciples, they're afraid, and they're, they're, in the, you know, they're hiding, basically, and then he, he gives them the gift that was promised the Holy Spirit, and they go out with great boldness. And from that moment, the multiplication of his church can't be stopped. With Stephen, Stephen was, was uh, one of the followers of Jesus at that time, one of the first martyrs. Uh, he is stoned to death. And a great persecution breaks out across against the church. And as we know, what happens there is, is when there's a squeezing of the church, um, God does something and it rebounds and there's multiplication that happens. And this is exactly what happens here in Antioch. You see, what happens is the Christians in Jerusalem, they're, they're being pressured. So what they do is they start to move out to family and friends that they've got in other different cities around the world, or not around the world, around the near world to them, anyway. And I want to read to you um, what happens in Antioch. Antioch is, is a really, really a important city in the ancient world. It uh, was the, the kind of thoroughfare for, for many of the trading routes, and it was an incredibly wealthy city, um, there's about two or 300,000 people there at the time, which is huge numbers back then. And I think it was either the, se- the third largest city um, of the Roman Empire at that time. So really large city and is really significant in the birth of the church. So we're in uh, Acts chapter 11, and I'll probably only go through to about ch- verse 26. So starting at verse 19... Now those who had been scattered by persecution that broke out when Peter, when Stephen was killed. So I just, just want to stop there. What we see first of all is uh, that the church wasn't really, Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. Uh, most of the church was centred around Jerusalem. 
And I, I don't believe that what God does is, is create the persecution, but it's amazing the way that he uses everything that happens to the church for his end of, of multiplication. And uh, what happens here is the church is pressed, it's persecuted, and, and God blesses those who go out, um, fleeing, first of all, but taking the message of life with them. So, um, persecution blo- broke out when Stephen was, kill- uh, was killed, travelling as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them. The Lord's hand was with them. See, uh, the, this, is, this is moving in to the river of blessing that God has in, in, in giving us the Great Commission. When, when we go as a church with this Great Commission to make disciples of all nations, to teach people and to baptise them, there's God's blessing that comes with that. Blessing of empowerment, blessing of presence. The Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. So obviously, something was going on in Antioch. God was, was moving because people were speaking about what Jesus has done. And the church, that's like the centre hub for Christianity at that time, um, that's where James was. He said, let's, let's send someone out there to see what's actually going on out here. And when he arrived, this is Barnabas, he saw, that the grace of God, um, saw what the grace of God had done. And he was glad. I, um, we're glad when we see the things that God has done. Some of the, some of the very best moments that we have as a church here is, is when we have a baptism. And, and we clap. And, and there's smiles and there's tears all around the room because we, we know that something significant is happening there. And uh, that's, that's the same if, if we see uh, one of our kids that has grown up and, and says, I want to follow Jesus. I know my parents do, but I want to follow Jesus too. There's, there's great celebration there. And when someone comes to know Jesus and, and, and has no family that knows about him, and uh, there's great celebration there as well. He was glad and he encouraged them to main, remain true to the Lord with their hearts. He was a good man full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Paul, to, for Saul, that's Paul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So the whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught uh, great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. So this is where we first got our name from, uh, Christ followers. Uh, it's, it happened in Antioch. And uh, really, from Antioch, stuff spread all throughout the world. It was the, the very first missionary movements actually came out of, out of Antioch. And we're going to have a look at them soon. But um, what happened is, is they sent Paul and Barnabas out, first of all, kind of to the, to the northeast, um, to a number of different cities. There was this, there was this sense of when, when God was moving, when the blessing of God is moving amongst the people... There's a, there's a heart, not just for your city to come to know Jesus, but for the cities around you and the nations around you as well. So let's have a look at um, a few applications for us as a church. So, we 
have a mission statement that says, um, make disciples who make disciples. And one of the reasons that we have it is that, uh, that Jesus said that he would build his church. And as we've talked about before, he, he gave us this commission and he told us that he will always be with us. And the reason why we, we are about this mission of making disciples is that because that is where God says he is moving. That is where God has said that he is, he is fulfilling something. He is go, there is going to be people from every tongue and tribe and nation. And, and we want to be in the midst of that. Because God doesn't just say, um, I love the way that God does stuff. It's, it's just, it's, it's so inclusive. And it's, it's so, um, even in the process of, of God making humanity a, 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 a multiplying um, organism, he, he involves us intimately in that process, doesn't he? Uh, he could have kind of just done some cloning type stuff, um, but, but he, he, he fully envelops us in that process so that it, is, it, is, it could almost be said that, that our involvement is an imperative in that process as well. God does that along every single line. When he calls a people for himself to be a, a blessing, uh, to bless them to be a blessing, he, he involves them in that process and uh, basically, the problem with that is that we can say no. And, uh, and we see that right throughout Scripture, is people saying no. And uh, those who, who come to follow Jesus, we want to be a people that say, yes. Go make disciples of all nations. Yes, Lord. Because when we say yes, that's when we enter into the river of God's blessing that he has for his church. So Jesus will build his church and we want to be in the midst of the river of where God has said he's going to do something and he's going to pour out his blessings. We are invited into blessing. That has kind of been covered. Um, so so this, is, this is the way that, that God is going to, to move and we want to be in the midst of that. Um, next one there. To stop multiplying is to start to die. Uh, basically, that's a reality that is embedded into, uh, into civilization, into, into, into creation. If you stop multiplying, you die. I, there's, um, in Togo, we used to, they, they would have these crops, and um, we were just out, out, uh, out west the other day, and there was, all the millet is starting to, to kind of sp- sprout, or um, anyway, you can see the millet on the top of them. Uh, of, the, of the shoot things. And uh, one of the really interesting things is all the millet in Australia is like this high. Um, now, I've seen millet in Togo, which is like natural millet, and uh, it's, it's well above your head. So there's been some significant gen- genetic modification that we've kind of done to get it this low so that the harvesters can get it nice and easily. But genetically modified... Um, I don't know where I'm going with this... Um, Wow. Genetically modified sorghum doesn't work very well because it doesn't reproduce. Um, you, that seed is only good for one time. It falls to the ground. Um, it, it doesn't reproduce at all. And uh, this, they, the Chinese actually came into Togo and, and brought some of this genetically modified sorghum, which is meant to, to not be um, able to be eaten by insects and everything like that. And it was an absolute devastation 
because they would keep, like they always used to, keep a portion aside to plant next year, and because it didn't reproduce, um, they had nothing in their fields. Um, if we don't reproduce, we die. Um, yeah. Uh, you look at the, uh, the world's population, and what you really want in, in the world's population is kind of this curve, a, a little bit like this. You, you want there to be lots and lots of babies um, kind of being, being made, uh, because nations throughout history have realised that, that as your population falls, that you actually become um, much, much weaker. And uh, so what's happened in, in Western societies recently is it's kind of started to do an inverse pyramid, kind of a bit like this, where uh, we're getting pretty heavy up top. And what we've, what we've tried to do is Australia's realised that we're in, we're in some pretty big problems there. So what it's done is it's, it's opened up our borders to try and get more people in, um, trying to encourage uh, more, more kids as well to be born. But multiplication for societies is, is so, so important. The success of civilizations is, is often can be, can be mapped on this curve of demographics, of, um, of, of who's coming through. To stop multiplying is to, is to die. We've seen that, sadly, in many churches around us as well. And uh, it's, it's like this downward spiral at times. As there stops being new Christians and there stops being um, new, new bubs born, uh, it, it, it tends to get top-heavy and then there's this quick uh, downward spiral, in a sense. And we are, we are so... I don't even know how to say that. It, it, is a, it is a wonderful thing in our church that we have such a broad demographic. Uh, that is, it is, it is wonderful. It ensures that Wynnum Baptist, um, doesn't ensure, but uh, it, it, it helps for, for us to be around for a much, much longer, to, to have life. And, um, and it, it, is, it is just such a, a wonderful thing for this church. And I know that the reason we're in this position is because of sacrifices that people have made. Um, we moved over here because there was a realisation that that is so important that we reach both the next generation and also reach our community as well. And it was thought that we would be able to do that better here. We look at, I look at the way that this church... Um, we, we have a full-time youth pastor and we have a full-time children's worker and a children's pastor. And the reasons we do that is because we realise that it is so important to multiply. It is so important that faith is passed to that next generation. And uh, we, we've been working as a team. We, our, our desire is, is, is so much, and as a church, that we wish so many good things for our kids, but we wish most of all that they would come to know Jesus and that they would stay and that they would um, have more children that would have an opportunity to, to know and come to know Jesus. That's what, we, that's what we long for. That's what we hope for. We want to keep multiplying. We want to keep being in that river of blessing that, of Jesus. As I said, it requires sacrifice. Um, mums know that. As soon as you have a bub, um, it requires sacrifice. 
And to have kids, to have new believers, it requires sacrifice for a church as well. And, and we know about that. And it's, uh, as I said, it's, it's wonderful to see that this church has been one that says, yes, we're going to make sacrifices for that next generation because we want to see this church having a ministry to this uh, community for a long time to come. We see here uh, in the church of Antioch, they were actually one of the very first missionary churches. They sent out Paul and Barnabas. Um, they, they sent them out on a number of missionary journeys. And this has continued right throughout history to the, uh, to the modern missionary movement as well today. And that's something really important about our church is that we want to be a church that is also not just looking at our community here, but also looking out to the nations and, uh, and to, to our nation as well. And it makes us glad, doesn't it? It, uh, it makes us glad. I, I think of the, we had Chris come the last two times. It is, it is a privilege to be able to, to bless that family, to be able to uh, empower and, and uh, get behind that family to send them out from here and to hear the reports of what God is doing in multiplying his church in Indonesia. It is an absolute uh, blessing for a church to be involved in missions. There's something about us stepping into the river of blessing of what God is doing amongst the nations as well that is good for a church. Multiplication is exciting. It's just exciting. It's exciting when we see new people um, being baptised. It's exciting when we see our kids come to faith. It's exciting when we see someone come to faith from our community. Um, It is incredibly exciting when we hear uh, about what's happening in the centre of Australia and what's happening in Togo and what's happening in Indonesia and we want to continue to see that. We want to continue to see um, the, the God's word going, going forth because he said that he will build his church. We're going to be those who make disciples who make disciples. Well, let's, um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, it's a, uh, a privilege to be, be called into what you are, you're doing. Jesus, you said that you would build your church and, and Lord, you have invited us as both individuals and as a church to join you in what you're doing. And Lord, we thank you for the joy that comes from that. We thank you for the joy of changed and transformed lives. Father, I think of, of Chris and Amy who will be returning soon. We thank you for the joy of being able to, to invest in what they're doing and get behind them and pray for them in, in Indonesia there. We do ask for a blessing upon their ministry. Lord, we think about the, the guys in Togo and we pray for a blessing upon them as well as they're out in the villages again today. We pray for an increased harvest there as well. Multiply your church. Well, we think of um, in Central Australia at the, at the moment, I think of Clifford and, and I think of his team there. And Lord, we ask for a blessing upon them. We pray for multiplication, that more and more of um, this nation's first people would, would come to know you and declare you as their Lord and Saviour and receive the transforming life that is in you. And Lord, we pray, we pray for, for this area that you have put us in for our neighbours and those that we see in the shopping centres and, and at, our, at our workplaces and in, in our schools, we pray that more and more would come and meet the life-giving power of you, Jesus. Jesus, would this be a place? We want to step into the, your blessing 
of making disciples who make disciples. We long for your presence, for your power, for your favour. Would you pour that out upon us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.